Is Warren Gatland right to keep faith with the same 23 for the final Lions test? Is New Zealand's inexperienced backline there for the taking? And Rog tells us what Sean O'Brien should have said to Sky Sports. It's all coming up on The Hard Yards. The Hard Yards, brought to you by Ladbrokes. Passionate about sport. Two and Ring Rose comes through. Oh. That is brilliant from Ring Rose. Ring Rose is going here. What a score. I know what website you use most often, but <laughs> it's a sister of uh, YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Hi Rob, Zeebs here. Just want to discuss the captaincy next year. He's calling. I don't think we've met before, but I'm the referee on this field, not you. I say YouTube is probably YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Hard Yards Rugby Podcast on Sports Joe. Thank you so much for joining us this week. I have Ronan O'Gara, Isaac Boss and Pat McCarry in studio with me. I am Andy McGeady. Stephen Ferris is on the phone and later we'll chat to Ladbrokes' Haley O'Connor about the best odds for the third Lions test. Straight up, we were waiting for the Lions to name their team. They've done so. It's unchanged. Mm. Unchanged 23. Um, this might be seen as an interesting move. I'm not sure if it's given us that much to talk about. What do you think? Yeah, we. Well, uh, I was saying we we did a story or did a story out there for Sports Joe and called it ballsy, and and then a lot of people were like, it's, it's, you know, it's stupid yeah. as well. A lot of people expected Funapola to get dropped uh, out of that team and maybe onto the bench, but it's it's just kind of a show of confidence, a show of strength, a real kind of Gatland move as well, like to kind of say this is the the lads I'm going to go with. And we'll come back around to that, I suppose, in a few minutes. But first, um, Mr. Ferris, you're on the line. You're back from New Zealand. Uh, you're playing some golf. Yes, uh, made it home Monday night, so teed it up at the Irish Open Pro-Am, sorry, the Dubai duty-free Irish Pro-Am <laughs> in uh, Port Stewart. Company man. <laughs> um, Port Stewart, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm an ambassador now, you know, so oh. I need to keep it straight. Uh, no, it was, was good crack, good fun. I was playing with a guy called Terrell Hatton, who's an English fella who was unbelievable. Uh, Dennis Taylor, snooker player, and... Shane Freiland, uh Westlife, so ex-Westlife, oh, so good one. days, fun, bit of crack. Yeah, how were those last few nights in uh, Wellington? It must have been good after that second test win. Yeah, of course it was good, of course it was good. Um, I think all the fans and, and everybody were just on a different level, like obviously just the, the, the win that the beat the All Blacks in their own backyard was sensational and um, you know, just everybody was in such a high, especially with the week leading into it, you know, Gatlin was more or less in the paper every day looking like a clown and everything else and he was getting such a hard time in the press and um, I think it was just like a sigh of relief that the, the boys got the win and you know if they hadn't got the win and uh, New Zealand went on to beat them with 14 men for what 56 minutes or whatever it would have been um, I think Gallum would have come under so much more pressure but um, I think me sitting on the other side of the fence who's, who actually realises how much of a difference an extra man makes for 56 minutes of a match I kind of look at it and say yeah well well done to the Lions but you know you'd expect any international team to go out there and put in a, a good shift to, to beat the guys even if it's in their own backyard considering weather conditions and everything else that be, to be a man up for 56 minutes um, uh, you know you'd expect it you'd expect to turn a team over so for me I kind of look at it and go okay brilliant we got the win you know you obviously beat what's in front of you but at the same time I'm expecting a backlash this weekend and um, if the Kiwis can keep 15 men on the pitch I definitely think we'll try and try and get get one over the Lions boys Rog playing against um, any team for an hour odd with an extra man 
How does that change yeah, your approach to it? Um, well, it changes it depending on um, where the guy comes out of their team. So you have to constantly adapt. Um, obviously, for me, it was the key man losing Sonny Ben Williams because I think they're a completely different team with him there. I think he is the rock that they kind of build everything on, not alone for his own individual brilliance, but also I think um, I think a lot of the so-called brothers, New Zealand brothers, really um, buy into him, and I think uh, he gives them huge solidity, solidity mentally and physically. I think um, his skill levels are absurd and I think uh, his leadership levels are probably undervalued as well uh, but as Fez said there it was interesting watching because um, it's not a contradiction but you didn't know for a long time that New Zealand were down a man you have to remember it was 18-9 with maybe 13 minutes to go so that speaks volumes for I would think uh, for want of another word the balls that the Lions players have because they were 1-0 down 18-9 away from home they could have and a lot of teams could have opted out but they hung in there and they dug in there and their last quarter was really impressive and mm. and I think that's uh, to be admired um, but as Fez says it's if it didn't go their way I think they would have been absolutely pillared and um, you just have to be putting that away because what has actually transpired now is that you have an awful lot of international rookies coming up against um you know, for example, the 9, 10, 12 and 13 of, of the Lions have 50 plus caps. Yeah. So there's a massive advantage in terms of experience. But on one side, you have experience and the other side, you have the exuberance of youth and fearless, unbelievably good rugby players. Um, but I suppose the two Achilles heel of Bowden Barrett, if there is such a thing to say about a, the guy that potential weaknesses, they, they shone, I think, um, Maybe his capacity to control a tight, really tight test match could possibly be questioned and um, his goal kicking under pressure, I think, which, um, for example, I don't think you'd see Dan Carter doing that, but um, at any stage of his career. So that's something that mm. Bowden Barrett needs to nail to, I suppose, repeatedly win World Player of the Year, which I think is... His talent allows him to do. So let, let's talk about that for a second. So Barrett in the first game was like the first test. He he was nailing his kicks, and everyone's sort of looking at. It's like when Happy Gilmore learned to put. He's kind of going, oh, oh no, we're in we're in trouble. He's on. And from that first kick in the second test, you knew that it was Bowden Barrett who can be a little bit iffy. But is there something that you'd see technically in his no, kicking? I don't really because no? I just I I, th- I I wouldn't think so. I think yeah. I, I don't know if Boss you'd know maybe more about me is Mick the kick or Mick Burns still working with um, with um, I think he's left the All Blacks but he'd have had him for years and mm. I think someone like Bowden Barrett would, would have all the tools accessible to him I think um, he'd have a great mentor and coach in Jason Holland I think who's really found his feet as a coach over there uh, who has a fantastic personality and I think is really suited to that kind of um, style of rugby but also Dutch you would appreciate the value of controlling the game and he said that that's something that um, Bowden Barr brilliant guy brilliant player that's something that he'll just get better with because you have to remember the amount of games he's played at 10 wouldn't be that many and to be fair he's kind of got the role now where Bowden will fix everything so anytime there's an injury in the all black back line he's get sh- shifted around because he's so um adaptable to play any position because he's such a freak and I think 
where the problems came were I don't think Cruden is anywhere near on fire as he was 24 months ago and you look at the break for Liam Williams in the first test it was a Cruden missed tackle you look at what happened in the final quarter in um, in, in test two in the Caketon I think um, Cruden wasn't as decisive as you need to be as an international 10 hmm. Um, we've already mentioned that there's no changes for the Lions 23 but there are some key changes Bossy for the All Blacks uh, Jordy Barrett's coming in for first full cap at full back yeah and it's, a, it's an interesting one it's a good it's a big call and I don't think it's a bad one actually and I think that's also dictated maybe on the wings where he's brought Sevilla in as well so obviously uh, Nolapi and, and that they all work together well in the Hurricanes yeah. so I think it's a little bit more familiarity there in the, in the back three you know whereas uh, if he's working with someone like um, Oani, then it's a little bit different for him, you know. So uh, it is interesting, but I, I think he'll be good. And the next thing is, like we've talked about before, is will he take over the kicking? Then um, potentially he has been kicking with the Hurricanes um, and shown to be probably a, a, a more accurate kicker. So whether you're burden a, a young 20 year old in his first start and and a Test series decided with that, or does his brother go ahead and take it? You know, so um, first I, first start in a crucial Lions test yeah. to take the kicking as well would be a lot on his shoulders. Will be a lot on his shoulders as well, um, and I imagine. But Roger will tell you: you get your first shot, you pot it, then uh, then it calms your nerves, and you know you should be there, and that's it. You know, yeah, so yeah. Um, he, it's the type of stuff he would have practiced for as a kid to be there, um, and it might also. I'd imagine. I'd imagine Bowden would continue the kicking to start with. I'd imagine. Um, for this first cap, yeah, I never know. Um, and with that, I also think, um, like we were talking about with um, the Barrett running the match and stuff like that, I also think that the fact that he went to fullback dictated what happened in the end of that match a little bit and the fact that they brought off um, Smith as well, which is a key controller for them, takes a lot of pressure off the 10s by the, his kicking game and stuff and, and I don't think Perinara showed that composure towards the end. So like we talked about earlier, you know, look at what's coming off the bench. I think... The All Blacks are vulnerable off the bench, to be honest, with a couple of those key positions. And mm. same, uh, even with the outside, Sonny Bill has gone. They were always probably a little bit vulnerable in the midfield, and he was definitely shorted up. Uh, Nolapi did very well in his first test, but now he's got him there. Leonard Brown, I think, has been underrated for years, but he hasn't played very well in the last two matches. Mm. A bit weak in defence. Um, and then so all of a sudden you've got a 12, 13 severe back in. It's a key axis where uh, I think the Lions can really pressure. Um, just to bring Fez in there, the names, the, the players coming in for the All Blacks. When you were when you were down there, were these the names that people wanted to see coming into the team? Um, I don't think so. No, um, I think uh, Savannah wasn't selected initially to play for the All Blacks because the rumor coming out of the camp was that they thought he was lazy and he wasn't working hard enough. So when he was playing for the Hurricanes, they, they seen weaknesses in his and his just his work rate. So that's why he was initially left out. And then the whole obviously um, didn't play great and took that bang to the head. And Oani kind of just comes in and out of games. And you know when you're on the front foot, he seems very good. But when you're on the back foot, being peppered with unbelievable, <coughs> excuse me, unbelievable box kicks by Connor Murray, you know he seems very vulnerable. So um, I think they're just kind of resorting back to a little bit of experience. But Lamarpe thought was brilliant come forward just crash ball especially the weather's bad he just got on the sexton and on the foul and you know they were just trying to tackle him high every single time and he got them good to go forward um, he's a, uh, to be honest he, for me is a bit of a one trick pony you don't very rarely see him doing a Sonny Bill Williams getting the ball away or getting uh, an offload away so um, I think the team that 
has been selected is is very direct. Um, you know, you've got, obviously got Dag in the wing who is a bit, bit more of a footballer, but for me, it's very very direct, and they're they're going to take uh, take the lines on physically again, like they did in the first test, and and really get stuck into them. Um, but for me, I totally agree with the, the lads and agree with Bossy that you know that centre partnership of of John Davis. Um, you know, and on file could maybe make things happen for them, and and try and get them on the outside a few times. I think can make a couple of line breaks, but yeah, the press over there uh, obviously haven't been there this week. But you know, the last couple of weeks is just all about being stuck into the lines, and um, you know how poor Gatland is, how poor Rob Howley is, and all these boys. And um, you know, I suppose they shut them up in a, in a way, but that could all come crashing down again if, if if they don't back it up with another performance this weekend. You know, if they go out and get beaten by. 25, 30 points, then it'll be, oh, you beat, a, you beat an all-black team with 14 men, well done, ha-ha, do you know what I mean? So um, they really need to go out and, and, and back it up again, but uh, easier said than done. How big a risk is Hanson taking here, Bossy? Um, to be honest, I don't think it's a, that big a risk, considering um, the other options available at the minute. They are, you know, I think it's probably a, a calculated one at that. Um, Geordie Barrett's been... Look, he's been he's been the class act in the Super Rugby, and even last year, to be honest, playing against him in the ITM Cup, you try to put pressure on him, um, and he just soaks it up and, and turns it around on you. You know, he is a class act. He's a big a big lump of a man at a fullback. Um, yeah, he's tall, yeah very he's tall, scary. very stocky, and he, he he can handle himself physically. You know, as not like you think twenty year twenty year old fullbacks could. And uh, he's got an amazing skill set as well. So it's it's one of those ones. I'm actually it'll be interesting to see how he goes. He could be a, a you know he could be a game changer for the All Blacks because I definitely think on form he deserves to be there. So if there was certainly a risk last week with Gatson's team when he changed up the what seemed to have been a success with Teo at twelve, and he brought in the Sexton-Farrell combo um, some people were a bit unsure about whether that would work it seemed to go well certainly with the ball right yeah, what did you think I did and I I um, I was the one that, that questioned that I didn't think it was the right move I think judging on how Theo played I thought he was exceptional in the first test and I thought that was an area um, that he wouldn't alter I thought he'd keep it maybe um for later on in the second test but he went for it and it worked it most definitely worked you look at the crucial Conor Murray's try it's Johnny and it's Farrell manipulating the defence because um, Farrell runs a great line out the back of uh, Jamie George a little short ball um, the Kiwi centre overreads yeah Lomapi overread he, he, he bit exactly. way too hard completely to smash Farrell front door pass uh, brilliant ball from Johnny straight through um, and you don't stop Conor Murray from there and that was essentially I suppose the accelerator in the game that gave the Lions confidence because if the game went on obviously they're 14 men but I think there was a big momentum uh, shift mentally as well I think that was a moment where I, I think the Lions are going to be full of confidence on Saturday because they kind of have a little bit of a joker in the fact that the pressure is completely off mm. and now they can actually start a bit of finding a bit of rhythm because this team has probably played four or five games together mm. and that's why for me it makes absolutely perfect sense to keep McAvoy Paul in there because he adds so much to the Lions team he's not going to have as bad a day from a discipline point of view ever again in his career I would think um, but he offers an awful lot with the rugby ball and you need carriers I think your teammates look to fellas who can carry and actually 
come off either foot, get the hands free, and just give the backs um, front football. But it, it was a big, um, a big success. Um, uh, Sexton and Farrell, the two ball players in the midfield, but everything is related to Sonny Bill not being there, I presume. Yeah, but they did start out well. It was a funny game because the, the line started really well. Like I said, from the very first yeah. time they got the hands on the ball, there was a lot of little loops. Um, you actually Berlant's saw carry early as well. Yeah, but you also saw Farrell and Sexton interchanging. Mm. So sometimes it was Farrell and it was Sexton out the back. Um, but then suddenly the game changes completely at 25 minutes and there's actually with the All Blacks play a good 40 minutes then yeah. until Mako's yellow card and then the Lions come back into it it's really strange to watch it back be interesting thing with bossy things but like I think at 18-9 New Zealand thought they have this in the bag it's yeah. done it's another day for them that, that try that first try changed everything because it had been the end of about 15 minutes the Lions experienced players like that you know what I mean you look at their their units between Sean O'Brien Alwyn Jones you've Jamie George I'd say who's a good guy to play with um, 9, 10 12, 13 are hugely experienced players I don't think they will ever drop their heads and that's why I don't think it'll be a wide margin this weekend either way I think it'll be a one score game I just think the way teams play the way the Lions are set up defensively I don't think they're it's capable um, well especially with the greasy ball of them, of them getting ripped up I just mm. think they have an awful lot of character in their team among the players among their staff the fact that um, I think they play for each other which in sport is, is a great asset That defence was particularly impressive at a couple of key points at the end of the game um, after the Lions knock over that penalty there's a, a long long period of all backs possession and you see incredible discipline across the field um, They were getting skittled back weren't they and Savea made the big carry and yeah. then they had to step up again didn't they and, and kind of push them back it was, it was, it was good, good to, and as you said Andy it was like three minutes solid of all backs pressure that they and they didn't they get penalties They soaked it up I agree really with that good. but I felt um, Boss it'd be interested in your opinion here and the fact that it was three minutes of all black pressure but if for me it was completely disorganised which was would be contrary to how the all blacks attack their shape for me seemed to be lost it was kind of makey up rugby which the ABs never do they always have uh, unbelievable pods with capabilities of playing out the back or playing in the front we didn't see Rotalic carry anywhere near like we did in the first mm-hmm. time. same with Whitelock and I think obviously they were probably shattered with the extra workload they had to do for making up with Sonny Bill yeah, and I think like we talk about it, and some we talk about pl- trying to be a team with fourteen men. The longer it goes on, and you don't score, then it becomes shit. We should be beating them, and and we're not, you know. And I think got an element of that in the match. Um, even the commentators, everyone's saying if we can't beat them with with fourteen, you know, we can't beat them at all. And I think the instigating point was when uh, Vunipolo got um, simbined it spurred the guys into action and that's when the game changes you know then they're like we've got to play here and that's when they, they threw the hand around and they they actually you know come out with a few points all of a sudden you add into that and we talk about it I think Rog hit the nail on the head it wasn't organised and that's because you had the likes of Crude in there like you mentioned before and you had um, Perinara there and it was around some cr- a crucial patch around the midfield where they went sort of one side they went to the other side they were going back and mm. they kept trying to play and they were getting forced back to their own 10 and then they end up turning over the ball and giving away a penalty, you know. So I don't think um, they they didn't they had it there to close out and they couldn't close it out because they they didn't know how to in terms of that situation. So I do think um, like they'll try and play a lot more this weekend. And I know we say that they couldn't convert that into pressure. The conditions, the fourteen men, like 
they they could really get a, a couple of uh, phases wide, you know, with that sort of rushing defense. It'll be a lot harder to do that if the weather's a bit dry this week. So again, it'll be interesting to see see what happens because I think the All Blacks will try and play a lot more and tire the Lions out like they did in the first test. Because you look at the first test, the Lions looked out on their feet in the fin- by half time. So I think that's the difference, um, the two different styles of play, and if the All Blacks are allowed to play that or not. Fez, this, I mean, this was a, there's a lot of this which I think people will put down to Andy Farrell to look at this, the defensive work and holding the All Blacks trialless at home for the first time in 15 years. I mean, that's unreal. The All Blacks carried the ball, I think, three times into the opposition 22 in the whole game. Um, what, what do you see yeah. when you look at this, this Lions defence? Do you see echoes of the Irish team or is there something else going on? Um... Okay, yeah, they, they just work hard for one another. Um, they've obviously got a little good relationships with one another over the last few weeks. It's the same team that's played for what the last four or five games, um, and they're just working hard and getting off the line and closing all the space on the outside. And we've seen in the first test the space was on the inside and just to drop off balls on the inside. But like I, I was really unimpressed with the All Blacks at the weekend, you know, the way they handled the game. They didn't play well at all. Uh, for One thing for me, which played into the Lions' hand, was that the game was really slow. And the ball wasn't in play for that long because the referee kept blowing for penalties, kept blowing for TMO decisions. You know, the, the All Blacks kind of want tempo to the game. And even watching the first test, um, uh, what do you call the hooker? Is it Crotty? No, um what do you call the All Blacks hooker? Taylor. Cody Taylor. Scored in the corner. Cody Taylor. Yeah, Cody Taylor, Taylor, sorry. Like, he was sprinting to the lineouts, getting the ball. And as soon as he got there, they were trying to get it in, get it away, just to keep the tempo high in the game. And at the weekend there, the weather was so bad. Like, it was ridiculously bad. Um, and the uh, and the All Blacks just seemed to not cope with the, the conditions, with the referee, uh, with the pace of the game. You know, the Lions were dictating, more or less, um, the last 25 minutes, half an hour of that match and um, just played into their hands. So I think we'll talk about that this week um, and trying to trying to get the Lions boys to make more tackles and hold on to the ball and you know go through multi-phase and, and try and make those half-line breaks that you can get in behind them because they just didn't do that and they kicked in. And uh, For me, I thought you know the Lions hung in there and everybody was saying, oh, they didn't deserve the win. Sure, you know, Bowden, Bowden Barrett missed nine points, you know, three kicks at goal and everything else. But I thought they actually played uh, with more endeavour and, and played a bit more of the rugby than, than the All Blacks did. And I think you, very rarely you say that about um, about a team when they're playing against the AB. So for me, it's more the same this weekend and, and trying to dictate the pace of the game and play it at your your pace. Um, uh, but well, you know the All Blacks don't very rarely lose at home. So are they going to lose two two on the bounce at home? Um, I don't think so. Um, I, I just think that they're they're, they're going to sneak it um, again. Be seven to ten points uh, for me is uh, for an All Black win, but uh, never say never. Gatland, uh, everybody says is Gatland a good coach or is Gatland the lucky coach? Um, it'd be interesting to see come Saturday. <laughs> so, what about the approach since last Saturday? So we mentioned earlier on the change in pressure. Now there has to be pressure off the lines, and it's all on the All Blacks. And the All Blacks have been in camp in Auckland and we've seen lots of lovely shots the Lions you know off in theme parks and water parks and whatever in Queenstown um, what what would you prefer to be doing as a player Roger? Queenstown in the middle of winter 
<laughs> Fair <laughs> point. That's, that's the thing has been hitting uh, freezing conditions down there yeah, you know, yeah. as well. So uh, it's an interesting one, actually, from my point of view. I thought it's interesting going to Queenstown at the last week when you're playing the opposite end of the country. You know, yeah. it's not like it was in spring or autumn when we can get out a wee bit. Um, it's it's pretty damn cold down there at the minute. You know, yeah. quite dry, dry sp- uh, patch as well. So I think something like minus eight or something. The, the boys were all sitting around the blankets on them outdoors and stuff. I remember. <laughs> yeah. <the season> so, <laughs> um, and no, I, I know New Zealand. Well, Auckland's a hell of a lot warmer than it is down in Queenstown. So add to that extra bit of travel, but it gets them out of the fishbowl. To I an tell you, yeah, one yeah. thing they do well in Queenstown. <laughs> one of the better things to come out of New Zealand is the Farg Burger. Oh, this is dead right, isn't oh it? so I reckon you're gonna have a lot of a lot of lion forwards hitting that place for as long as they can. It's an exceptional cool. burger. Share, share with the class. What is it? It's just a special burger. I always give the, the Kiwis that come over here. I struggle with New Zealand, obviously, because I've gone down there every June. It gets dark at four o'clock. You usually end up getting smashed in terms of <laughs> having poor performances. Um, it just it it's been incredibly difficult so my my fondness for the place is very blurred very very blurred <laughs> you must go some summer like you're always going in the winter and just getting battered yeah. around the place yeah and we have so many chances too to beat them and never got over the line which always hurts incredibly but I, I have a great memory of of delicious burgers in Queenstown <laughs> it's important when you're away from home and you're touring ask Bossy these little things if you get the old tap on the door at kind yep. of 10 o'clock Fancy an old fire burger. A few, uh, after uh, dessert uh, trips down there, um, and uh, they're very good. Actually, hooked us up with uh, a lot of free food burgers when we were down there for the World Cup. Actually, every Irish person I speak to, that's uh, they know it full well. You know, uh, so it's world famous in Ireland as well. I think. But the, irrespective of whether it was two 0 they were going down there this weekend anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like all these things are whatever a commercial yeah. juggernaut. So they, they were going there, and um, the reality of test weeks guys is you have very limited training windows you got to recover mm. and just get get a mental game plan it just sounds like there was one training session doesn't it on the, they just did something on the Wednesday like and, and, and it was even light enough I think like I think today might be the only big thing they do and then um, but yeah they, it, it just it was funny to kind of see it and it's, uh, to see it being reported on and some of the lads having beers and stuff like that like what's what's the harm really I'm sure they didn't tear the arse out of to it to be honest it's uh, probably a good way like I said to relax and get away from most of the other supporters that are in Auckland um, and the work's been done now you're not going to do anything physically mm. besides recover and it's probably more organisational in this last week of uh, last week of this season really isn't it you know yeah. so um, last week of school it's, it's not a bad one and to be honest they've probably been able to share those like it would have been a good moment in Wellington winning but then you know there's 35 other thousand 35,000 other supporters there you know that you're there so you, you know you can have a bit of a squad moment down in Queenstown which is good we're going to get to two more things here firstly we do need to talk about the, the 23 is is the unchanged 23 the right call or the wrong call round the table real quick bossy oh, I think it's the right call Rog the right call Pat I would have brought Jack McGrath in and that's to it. start instead of Mako yeah yeah. and it's that oh beautiful that's a lovely segue I was going to talk about discipline yeah <laughs> <laughs> but no seriously what was is that a discipline question or is that do you think that McGrath or something that Mako doesn't he's had like he, Mako's had didn't have two bad games in a row like every other line has had a decent performance like, he's had two bad games in a row and he's just gave away a, a load of stupid penalties as well and I think McGrath 
is a kind of slightly stronger scrummager and then what Vunapolo is supposed to be bringing to the game is these strong carries but I haven't seen it in two tests so I'd make it that as the change and then you can spring this guy off the bench for 20 minutes to go So we had um, Jerome Garces refed I think pretty well in the last test got the Sonny Bill decision right we all agreed on that I'm getting a shrug oh, yeah. hold on <laughs> getting a shrug I was probably a bit uh, maybe a few people but at the f- at first off I thought maybe a definitely yellow card yeah. but um, and I thought maybe the red was a bit harsh looking it's been dealt with and, it's, and he's got his four weeks so it, it obviously was warranted you know but I that my only thing was I don't think he in, uh, he probably intentionally used his shoulder but there's yeah. a dip in head you know if it was a shoulder charge on the body um, that's a bit different and my only one to relate it to is maybe if you look at Vinnie Polar he's also gone at uh, you know towards the head area of Barrett with that so you know, if one's a red, why is not the other well, a red? So. Even if you took if you took out that comparison, given Sean O'Brien's sighting, I, you would have thought that Mako would be lucky not to get cited for that. Yeah, and that's um, you know probably because it was dealt with on the pitch. Yeah. Um, and Shawnee's yeah, maybe it's you know, but at the time you know because he does get knocked out, and it's probably maybe worth a little bit of look. But that's I, I think that's the right call. There is nothing intentional. It's just an accident, you know. Hmm. Um, and that's and that's what happens in rugby. Rod, you didn't look convinced now. Yeah, I was. I kind of share a lot of sentiments. Bossy talks about. I think it was a clumsy challenge, mm-hmm. but I. Everything looks so much worse when you have, you can pause it, and slow it down in slow motion. But sport isn't played in slow motion. These are all spontaneous decisions that happen. I don't see where he comes in with a swinging arm. I just feel that there was a dip out of um, Watson, and I don't think Sonny Bill had anywhere to go. So. I can completely understand it coming from a red card. Um, At first, uh, my gut reaction was um, he's in trouble here, penalty, Mm. yellow card, and then um, I just felt that a red card is very severe, but that's that's the they're they're the rules you got anything around the head now is red yeah i do think now so we know technically why it was given so you've got there's no arms no attempt to wrap and it hits the head so all those things out of two are red right but the point you make about the slow motion is really important and some referees have got much better at saying will you play that full speed please because mm. everything looks deliberate in slow mo absolutely everything yeah. and if you're going to make a decision about that you need to see it at the same pace that the players were looking at at the time yeah, and I think, I don't know that Sonny Bill, his entry into the tackle was incorrect, but I don't know, was he looking to make a tackle? Well, he was looking to make a hit. He yeah, looking I, to make a hit, and he wasn't looking to get out of the way. He, he certainly wasn't getting out of the way. He doesn't have to open the door for him, though. No. But he was already being, you see, Watson was already being held. That's the other side of this. Yeah, so well, that's it isn't true. as if Watson goes no, in. No, I know, but you know. like you... Yeah, go back two years ago and you'd have ten of them a game. Yeah, mm. well, that's you can I mean, say that about anything. Yeah, they're trying to get rid of those. But the discipline thing on the whole, I mean, we did see there was a lot of, of uh, penalties for the Lions, especially in that stretch after half time. You know, Garza's talking to Sam. Oh, well, Warburton. he completely set out his stall in terms of he wasn't allowing any contest at the breakdown, mm-hmm. and it was actually probably a bit disappointing, I would say, if you're part of a coaching setup in terms of how players reacted to that. Yeah. because he was absolutely clinical in Early terms of how he was referring yeah, it yeah. it was like there's no poaching mm. going on here mm. unless you've full rights to the ball and unless you're the um, you know what I mean assistant tackler but yeah. like, there was absolutely no windows allowed Would you see a difference in that this weekend with Poit? I think to be fair to the French referees I think 
they've gone down there they've spent time down there I think they've embraced the tour I think they uh, Gar says you have to be happy with how he refereed the game I think there's a big responsibility on him I wouldn't have been full of confidence before the game but I thought the capacity to back himself um, especially when he came under pressure from his own assistant uh, ref to maybe yeah he wasn't helped there uh, now exactly uh, which would make you question yourself but he uh, had the authority and the conviction to follow through with his red because that was his I think good instinct yeah. um, and I thought he's done very well and I think Poit um, will be more the same because um, Poit will have no problem with the away team winning and that's all you can ask for in sport there's a lot of teams as we've seen in the 2011 World Cup final where the home team has to win Bossy and people that's a controversial statement but I think um, I think Poit has gone to Thomond Park and Ulster have beaten us in the European qualifier the first time ever and by God did he get it from the crowd that day yeah. but he kept at it yeah. and, and I think that's important that the 30 going at it know exactly how the referee is going to referee this game and there's nothing worse from a player's point of view in a big game having such an important figure having such authority that could actually uh, play play games with your own head just before we move off the referee subject the, the final decision in terms of the final penalty that ended up being crucial probably shouldn't have been but the Sinclair decision um, Bossy we had a quick chat off air there yeah it's it's a very controversial one in my book and probably maybe it's been underestimated a bit in the context of the game but uh, the fact that you know uh, he receives a bad pass jumps in the air to get it when someone's committed to tackling him and he's done for tackling in the air it's uh, you know you can say by the letter of the law it's correct but the other side of it is you're not allowed to jump into the tackle either you know what I mean so um, I think he reacted reasonably quickly on that one on his gut instinct and the way he fell whereas you know um, I, I've realized, I really to be honest I think it should have been play on because it could have gone either way it was a bit of a, a real technical type of thing or you know is he technically correct or technically wrong it is because so, the yeah. law just simply says in the air yeah. like I remember being at the RDS once and there was a, a, a high ball came down Rob Carney Rob Carney saw the player coming and he just jumped a foot in the air just before the guy was ready to hit him and he got the penalty Do you I know think, yeah but I think that's really smart of the cars that's a different context that's a kick yeah, this is a pass and I, I agree with Bossy I think there will be a stage in the past where the penalty would have gone to New Zealand yeah because, because it would look like Sinclair had jumped into the and also it's it's not far off diving in, in soccer if you want to look upon it like that you know what I mean he has every right to go for that ball but what is Firmino meant to do open the door for him to leave him give him another 10 yards the chat with Firmino afterwards is, is really interesting because Firmino is going to Garces Garces already knows what's going to happen here because he, he's seen it he knows what the player is going to say and Firmino is still going what am I meant to do? I didn't know he was going to jump because he'd lined him up. He was already going to take him in. It happens bang, bang. But right after that, um, to go right back, last word in discipline, Pat, um, Sinclair, I think, is due something stupid in the, in the, in the mm. third test because he went wild after that at the wrong player. Yeah, and, and it's it was funny to see, uh, I actually think Wales Online did a story when the game finished that two, Conor Murray and, and one of the Welsh lads immediately hauled him back. It was four players. So I they, was watching against like yeah. four Lions hauled him back. So they're, 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 they're on the lookout for this guy. They know Sinclair is this loose cannon, this guy can do anything. He came on to the pitch, charged up. He was talking yeah, talking shit from when he came on, getting in Perinara's face from, from when he came on as well. And 
Dominique, he could have reversed that penalty he if he'd have went. He went like charging after Scott after, after Scott Barrett, yeah. who was five yards away. The New Zealand commentators <laughs> picked it up instantly and were going, "Oh, yeah, they've saved. They saved their team here by yeah, pulling Sinclair them away. back." Um, what happened was is that he he refused to be clapped in by the New Zealanders. That's what they're saying afterwards, yeah. No, you can see it. There's video footage of it, and Owen Farrell has gone out to get him. Yeah, yeah Farrell wasn't player at all, to, was he? To, to because uh, that's the beauty about about rugby yeah. final you know, whistle goes final whistle goes no matter how ratty we've all been in our <laughs> careers you walk through and you shake hands Yeah, that's the bottom line it's and good to see that self-policing though by people like it's Farrell it's fantastic but it's normal to in rugby yeah. but especially I don't know what age he is but that's something you got to learn very quickly because it's a big error on a big stage and finally after the game the interviews the sky hype fest <laughs> in full effect <laughs> Shawnee O'Brien immortality beckons like what Bossy when you're watching that what, what do you think about it does it make you warm to the Lions and, or does it make you feel Some something else um, yeah well I don't know what uh, I didn't exactly see Shawnee's part but um, uh, look I just got to be a little bit careful you know what I mean boys I know this, I got sick listening to the Sky guys because I thought they were setting them up a wee bit you know you can you can be gracious and defeat and gracious and um, you know and winning and you know we level leveled the series. I think you probably give them more ammunition than anything. You know, it, it was almost like um, yeah, a false me, sense of yeah, confidence yeah, to it, it, to an extent. It was. Um, I thought it was such a missed opportunity by Sean. I'd say because he was so fatigued, <laughs> but like normally he'd bury him. Yeah. Like it was such a chance for him to go viral there in terms. There was, of there just, was a bit of a look though, wasn't there? You there could was, see it in exactly. The eyes. But like I think Sean. He's an unbelievable good crack character, very witty. Yeah. Like it would have been his style there to just come up with an absolute cracker of a comment to kind of cut him off at the knees. Like, I'm already a superstar in Carol. I'm not too bothered anyway, lads. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as in that's that's Johnny, you know, and that's why people play for him. But I think he has that aura about him now where you just need him in your team and it's taken people a long time. I think Irish people have always felt that way but it was interesting to see Jenks and uh, um, Bobby and these guys on the on the Lions management team I suppose just speak glowingly about Shawnee because not alone is he I think a fantastic rugby player but he just adds value to the dressing room. He yeah. adds value to the dressing room and he's not going to be afraid of going anywhere. He'll be so excited going into Eden Park at the weekend you know I just think that's exactly why he plays because this is what uh, so people ask what's a big game player Sean O'Brien is a big game player like not so long ago I can remember meeting him and it could have been career over he wasn't too sure whether the hamstring would would get through it and he was very very nervous and yet he went away and he worked his socks off and I think that's a great reward for a guy that kind of has all those mental demons and now could come back and gets his massive moment. But I just wish after the game he we saw the real Sean O'Brien because he just kept it. He wanted he wanted to say something, but he just felt. <laughs> oh, all of us wanted him to say something. Yeah. all of us. Uh, right, listen. While you're on that roll, predictions. Who's who's going to win Saturday? Lines. I yeah. couldn't look at anybody in the eyes there and no, say. No, you didn't. No, I'm, I'm much more confident about this, and um, yeah, I'll probably massively regret it. And Ronan's frowning at me here, but I'm going to go no, with the I'm line. Not, but <laughs> I, I completely see where you're coming from. I just think you cannot, in a in a tight game, I think which it will be. I think you cannot underappreciate 
the collective force of experienced players. Mm. I think there's no Nanu, there's no Mielamu, there's no uh, Dan, Conrad Smith, there's no it? Conrad Smith, uh, there's no Ben Smith, there's no Crotty, there's no Sonny Bill Williams. Like you're com- the Lions are playing against a lot of rookies, as Bossy has talked yeah. about. You've twelve and thirteen who have rookies uh, and rookies combinations. Uh, correct, but also the fact that I, for me anyway, like when you play your first ten caps for your country, you have very little recollection of how they go, because your head is in a different space completely. And then, kind of caps ten to thirty, you get a little bit comfortable. But these guys are um, obviously they can do exceptional things with the rugby ball, and Bossy has alluded to that in terms of um, the two Barretts. Sevilla, we've seen the carrying capacity of the two centres um, but they'll obviously um, resort to what works and we all know where rugby games are won up front and that's what's been the difference I think the ball playing capacities and work rate of the New Zealanders but I think the Lions have a crack off this and a shot off this that they will not uh, ever ever forget in their lives and I think um it's going to be an absolute uh, cracker. Are you convincing yourself to call it for the Lions? No, though? because I've no. I, I've said all along, I can't be a walking contradiction. I said to me that the skill levels of the All Blacks were better than the skill levels of, of European players. I still believe that, but let's see what pressure does. But I'm going to say All Blacks. Bossy? Um, yeah, to be honest, it's a tough one to call, but I, I think I'm going to say the All Blacks as well. And purely because I, I know we say that they'll be dented and all that but I, I can I still think they can take a bit of confidence out of that match in the weekend that they almost did it with 14 men mm-hmm. so uh, although we think that quietly and tight they'll probably be saying look you know that uh, is what it is we lost 14 men we almost won it let's go next weekend so I think it'll be close but I think they'll do it a crowd won't be majority Lions fans at Eden Park it was 20,000 off 30,000 people at the, at the Cake Tin in Wellington last week so it was like a home ground for them and I think uh, it should be better with the conditions and I think they might just edge it on those on those factors Right we'll leave it there with Pat saying his rosaries for a Lions win let's see back yourself Pat <laughs> back yourself. after 15 minutes at <laughs> we'll, we'll be back thanks very much to uh, Stephen Ferris for taking the call we'll be back with uh, Ladbrokes Haley O'Connor The message to the players before we left the UK and Ireland was that to come out to New Zealand to play the, the All Blacks you have to take risks I was surprised a little bit at Steve Henson in terms of um, you know, normally he's pretty calm you know it's unlike Steve maybe he's a little bit a little bit worried about um, potentially how good this team could be. To play the All Blacks and beat the All Blacks has got to be another step up. We know we've got to be courageous coming here, we know we've got to be bold and we've got to go and play some positive rugby. We're here to win a Test Series. We're back on the Hard Yards. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. If you're listening for the first time, subscribe to it on iTunes, Podcast Republic, SoundCloud and every good podcast app to get it straight to your phone. We are joined by Hayley O'Connor from Ludbrooks on the phone. We have lots to get through. Hello, Hayley. Hi, how's it going? Uh, it's going well. And now that we have both uh, both selections in for the final Lions test, um, what do Ladbrokes have? What, how do, what do you see as the favourites here? 
Well, the 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 New Zealand are four to one on favourites, but um, we're actually really looking to to lay them. They were nine to two on with this earlier, but um, we had to push them out because we really don't want to take on the Lions, and we'll be as short a price as we can get away with because we lost like amounts of money last week and um, it turned out to be like a quarter of a million loser for us so um, we'll be avoiding them at all costs the handicap has opened up at, at minus 9 and with some firms to between that and minus 13 it's kind of levelled off at minus 12 but I think because we want to duck the Lions we'll probably be New Zealand minus 12 11 to 10 but the Lions 7 to 2 10 to 11 uh, plus twelve. I know that's a bit confusing, but we'll be we'll be siding a little bit in the handicap with New Zealand because uh, we just can't take the hammering that we took last week. Yeah, we're a little slow here in the studio. <laughs> 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 the lads with their head down here. Yeah, um, but have you got a couple of? Uh, I mean, th- there's some interesting new names in there. Jordy Barrett. We talked a good few weeks ago. I remember yeah. you heard about on him appearing in the series. He's here. The the wonder kid has been. Yeah, named. he's here. Yeah, uh, well, he so so Georgie Barrett, he he starts at fullback, and his older brothers Bowden and Scott there on fly half and on the bench. So Georgie Barrett to, to to score at any time is six to four, and to be first try scorer is is eleven to one. But um, definitely an interesting kind of byline to an intriguing contest. Anyway, um, for the old faithful, then Sean O'Brien is twenty eight uh, to be first try scorer. Uh, Johnny Sexton forty to one, Elliot Daly eighteen to one, and um, if you want to go into the anytime uh, tag for a long ten to one, Jamie George four to one, Sean O'Brien eight to one. Um, but the market, I, I'm looking at this myself because I I was hoping to make a bit of cash, and I was thinking, you know, why would you? It looks like it's going to be raining again, so that's why we don't think the the handicap is going to be pushed out too much more than it already is. So if you want to back the Lions. I think backing them to win by between one and ten at eight, uh, yeah, at, at uh, eight to one makes sorry at eleven to one makes more sense than backing them at uh, seven to two. That hmm. I yeah, like the like, sound of. Yeah, like they're not going to win by. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that makes sense to me. Yeah, like so, like if they win, they're not going to blow the all blacks away. Like so, um, no, it's, but, but it's it's a nice it's a nice little comfort either way. So if the Lions do win, yeah. By more than that, you're really happy anyway. Everyone's away. Yeah. <laughs> and if you think it's going to be a similar match to last week, because we didn't start really getting going until the final quarter, you could back New Zealand to be leading at half time and the Lions to be to win the match, and that's eleven to one. Okay. So, my nerves could take that. <laughs> no. You get a little bit crazy. Yeah, <laughs> Pat's already. He he needs a couple of settlers. I think already. It's a bit, a bit of way out of the game. Um, we'll. I think we'll we'll wrap it there. Uh, looking forward now to the end of a long season with the third Lions test on Saturday. So enjoy it wherever you're watching. Uh, thanks to Raj, to Isaac, to Fez and Haley O'Connor. Thanks to Joe Harrington for producing. Thanks to Pat and thanks to Paul Donegan who was on sound. We'll be back next week with a new podcast. Subscribe to it on iTunes, Podcast Republic, SoundCloud and every good podcast app to get us straight to your phone. Thanks for listening. This has been The Hard Yards. I'm Bandy McGeady. We'll talk to you next week. The Hard Yards, brought to you by Ladbrokes. Passionate about sport.